The following audio is from the Grove Church. To find out more about our church or to check out previous messages, go to our website at grove.church. Good morning, everybody. I hope you're doing good. We are in part two of our series called Downtime. Last week, we talked a bit about you and I on our need for rest. Um, today, we're going to land in Mark chapter two. If you've got a Bible with you, you can turn there. If you've got a smartphone with a Bible app, you can turn there as well. And uh, we'll get to that here in a moment. What I'm about to say is going to make me probably sound better than I actually am. And if you know me, you probably already know that. So no surprise there. But um, when I was a newer believer in Christ, I didn't grow up in, in, uh, in the church. But when I was a newer believer in Christ, um, uh, I took pretty seriously, I still do, but I took pretty seriously my need for transformation. Again, having not been part of church world, had all kinds of things in my background, mine, all that kind of stuff that I wanted to see transformed. So what I did was I committed to fasting and and what I did was I would fast every Wednesday um, and I would need it all. And, and that became a pattern that I carried really for a lot of years. And uh, my goal, and again, my passion originally is just that I wanted to experience that transformation that I desperately needed. Um, to me, that was a good discipline. But uh, over a period of time, it really became something where it wasn't so much about transformation as it was just about obeying my commitment to fasting. And for me, that's where things change. That's where uh, when I was kind of thinking through stopping doing it, I felt almost like I couldn't because it was a commitment I made. And, and so I really struggled at the point that I decided to stop fasting every Wednesday. Why do I share this? I share it because for a lot of us, there are certain things in our lives that maybe started out with the right passion, the right heart, but over time, something changes. And, and sometimes it's a spiritual discipline, something where we're intended to, you know, see something transformed about us. And we we go, hey, I want to be part of, you know, coming on a Sunday. Great commitment to make, something we should do to gather together. That's awesome. But it's not just about gathering so that we feel good and leaving. Or we take on, as we've talked about reading scripture, and I talk all the time about you and I and having a daily reading plan and committing to that. Um, but it's not so much about reading words and checking off the box on our reading plan, which by the way, some of us are all about the streaks on there. Like, man, I got to eight or I got to 20 or 50 or whatever your number was. Um, and it's really not about that. Um, over and over, I think we all have the, this, this um, passion to do the right thing, but sometimes at the core, um, our motive becomes a or becomes off from maybe what it intended to be originally. And that was the case for me. I bring it up because what I want to talk about today is the Sabbath. And I think in a lot of ways as followers of Christ, if you've been in the church for a length of time, you know the word Sabbath. You even understand, you know, the idea of, of Sabbath means rest. Shabbat means rest uh, to refrain from work. And we get that. And, and we even look at it and go, well, yeah, if you look at, you know, the Ten Commandments or you look at the Old Covenant law, it talks about resting, you know, one out of every seven days. I, I get the premise of it, not that I practice it or maybe you do practice it. But I want to get into it today because I think it's something for you and I that can easily be misunderstood and where we find ourselves is actually in the same party as the religious leaders of Jesus' day. Mark chapter 2, we're going to walk through the text starting at verse 23. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? He answered, have you never read... Um, what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some 
to his companions. Then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Let's pray. God, as we look at this text along with a little bit of what's coming up here in Mark 3, I pray you'd open our hearts. I pray you would break legalism. I pray for a fresh understanding of what your desire at the core, especially in a world that downtime um, isn't maybe what it ought to be. And we even misunderstand it. So God, open our hearts, open our eyes as we walk through this text in Jesus' name. Amen. So again, Mark is one of the Gospels, uh, and, and he's writing about what he encountered in his eyewitness account of Jesus' life. And he shares this point where the disciples are navigating through some fields of grain. And basically, the picture is they're walking through, and they kind of put their arms out and put their hands out and, and, and grab some of the grain off the, the, the or the kernels off the, the grain that's growing up. And it's no big deal. They're probably, you know, they've got a handful of it and they're eating it like we would eat, you know, peanuts or whatever. Um, and all of a sudden, the Pharisees see what's going on because remember, this happens on the Sabbath. This is the day of rest. And so that's what they're doing. And it says in verse 24, the Pharisees said to him, look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? Okay, when, when it says unlawful, let me ask you this question. Was it unlawful for them to do this? It's not a trick question. You think I'm gonna trick you. I'm not tricking you. It's not a trick question. It wasn't unlawful as much as it was unpharisaically traditional which rolls right off the tongue, right? I mean, that's easy to say. What was happening was, and you need to remember this, the Pharisees were known, the religious leadership of Jesus' day, Pharisees, Sadducees, teachers of the law, even Herodians, they were known for looking at the law, understanding that here's what it says, but because this doesn't give us any specifics, let's come up with a list of specifics that help us understand what this law is about. So they would take something like, you know, this idea of you need to have a Sabbath, you shouldn't work on the Sabbath, and they said, here's what it means. And they would say, well, it means, you know, you can't cook on the Sabbath. You can't, you know, carry, not carry, you, you can't walk with an animal so much distance or that's work. You're, you're, you're not allowed to, to do certain, even in, in Mark 3, it's going to talk about this, even healing on the Sabbath. They were saying, this is a form of work. You can't do that. And so they come to Jesus at this point that the, that the disciples are harvesting grain and say, they can't, that's not okay. They're, they're not allowed to do that. And so Jesus, and again, chapter three is gonna play this out a little bit more. Jesus says to them, have you never heard what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? Okay, look at the words there, hungry and in need. And by the way, if you're taking notes, what he's talking about happens in 1 Samuel chapter 20. In 1 Samuel chapter 20, verses 1 through 6 is what he's talking about, this story of David. David and his companions are famished and they, they need some food. And what happens is they go into the, the house of God, into the temple, and there's bread there. And the priest says, well, you're not allowed to eat this. Have you, you know, done these things? They said, we're, we're good. We've, we've done the right things. Okay, then you can eat it. It's okay. And, and Jesus brings up this story of David to prove a point because the Pharisees were deeply misunderstanding what was going on. It says, in the days of Abathar the high priest, he, uh, David entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is again, lawful only for the priest to eat. And he also gave some uh, to his companions. 
I, I'm going to read a comment from the Life Application Study Bible. It's actually the Bible I have right here today. It says this, Jesus used the example of David to point out how ridiculous the Pharisees' accusations were. God created the Sabbath. Listen to this. God created the Sabbath for our benefit, not his own. God derives no benefit from having us rest on the Sabbath, but we are restored both physically and spiritually when we take time to rest and focus on God. For the Pharisees, Sabbath laws had become more important than Sabbath rest. Both David and Jesus understood that the intent of God's law is to promote love for God and for others. And so Jesus answers the Pharisees by bringing up this story in 1 Samuel 20. And then he says this, and this is a big deal. He said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. In other words, the whole reason that the Sabbath was instituted as part of the old covenant law is because mankind needs rest. And if I were to stop there, that would challenge some of you. We need rest and we were created for rest or to rest. We, we can go about our busy days and do all of these things, but there's a point where in order for you and I and our souls and our bodies to be healthy, we've got to stop and we've got to rest and we've got to recharge because when we don't do that, bad things happen. I talked about that last week we end up in a place of burnout. And this world is not great at challenging you and I to step back and rest. In fact, if you're in the rat race, if you're trying to climb the ladder, if you're trying to be successful, then here's what happens in, in, to a normal person outside of church world. You go and 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 you go. And yet as a follower of Christ, I would challenge us, we go and we go and we go and we go and we rest. And the problem comes when the word rest hits because if they're going and I'm resting, they're getting ahead. And it's the game that ends up being played over and over and over and over. And it's not a healthy game. In fact, some of you might remember back in the olden days when everything used to shut down on Sundays. And less and less is that the case. It used to be that even for kids' sports, they would take off Sundays. You could play Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, but not Sundays. And nowadays, even Sundays is taken up by all kinds of sports and activities. There, there are places that you and I would want to go to eat, but they're closed on Sundays. And some of you guys know exactly, oh, somebody like Chick-fil-A, right? Exactly. You, know, you want that sandwich? You're like, I'm going to have to go to Popeye's. <laughs> oh, man. KFC's got it. I don't know. Anyway. But there used to be a time when, when things would close on a certain day of the week because it's like, let's just breathe. But nowadays it's like, no, 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 no. That's another day to make more money. That's another day to get further ahead. It's another day to keep climbing that ladder. It's another day to find success. And that is a trap. What I talked about last week is how that gets us to a place where we end up so burnt out, we're in the corner sucking our thumb and we don't even know why. I mean, if you've ever been to a place where you experience real burnout, you want to be away from people, you want to hold up, you don't want to, you know, get around and, and do busy. Every time something comes up, that's a responsibility. You feel like I can't even handle emotionally going there or doing that. Has anybody ever been there? You get to a point where you want to do nothing and you can't even unwind all of the emotions that are going on inside. 
And that's where you go, man, I need to call a counselor and I need somebody to process this with me because I can't get this out. I can't get this straight. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's a point where we need that. But let me challenge you. God doesn't intend for you and I to get to a place of burnout. And that's why the Sabbath is such a big conversation. Here's the thing. It sounds poetic in verse 27 when Jesus says it. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And if I hadn't read that just now, some of you could have heard it this way and thought it was correct. The Sabbath was not made for man, but man for the Sabbath. And I know it's nuanced and some of you didn't even catch the difference of what I just said. But what Jesus is saying is this was created so that mankind that I love dearly can breathe, can rest, can be healthy. And then he says something that, that, that's a huge deal. And I'll talk about that in a minute. Verse 28. So the son of man is Lord even of the Sabbath. But let me go back to this. Who is the Sabbath for? In an old covenant legal sense, the Sabbath was instituted as part of the law for the nation of Israel. Six days you shall work, and on the seventh day you shall rest. In fact, there are a couple of stories in the Old Testament, and some of you might know this, where somebody breaks the Sabbath, and what happens to them? To put it kindly. They were, they were put to, one guy's out picking up sticks, gathering up firewood on the Sabbath, and somebody's like, hey, he was picking up firewood. He's like, what? And they're like, stone him, kill him. We don't do that in here, just for the record. That's, we don't. <laughs> Not our thing. But, but this is the, the picture of what was going on. And so back in the day, it was instituted as part of the old covenant law as a commitment. Six days of work, one day of rest, you must do it. You and I are not bound to the old covenant because of Christ. In fact, Paul takes time in multiple letters to explain to us part of this picture of the freedom we have in Christ. So if you're taking notes, write down this. In Galatians chapter 4, verses 9 through 11, he explains something that's a big deal. And by the way, the general theme of Paul's letter to the churches in Galatia is you're free in Christ, don't be bound to the law, don't tie yourself to the law. I've explained this before. There were Judaizers that would follow Paul around and go thumbs up on the Jesus part, but there's also the law. You got to do both. And Jesus, or Paul had said, and Peter had said, if, if you come into Christ, you're free. You're not bound to that. And so one of the great arguments that Paul brings up in the entire letter as a theme, Galatians, is this picture of freedom in Christ. And he says it this way in chapter 4. Verses 9 through 11. But now that you know God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you are turning back to those weak and miserable forces? Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? You are observing special days and months and seasons and years. I fear for you that somehow I have wasted my efforts on you. What he's saying is you're free in Christ. You're not bound to any of this old covenant law. You're not. But if you think you are, what you're doing is you're going back to the old way of obedience that somehow brings you in favor with God instead of the work of Christ that has completed everything you need to do. And that's what he says in Galatians chapter four. In Colossians, he brings up a similar argument and he gets really specific about it. He says, therefore, do not let anyone, this is Colossians 2, 16 and 17. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. 
These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. So for any of you here that you feel like I've got to obey the Sabbath because that's what I do to be obedient, Paul would say, you're not bound to the Sabbath as a covenant law. Don't bind yourself to it. And if you're feeling this tension in yourself going, wait a minute, you're saying I don't have to obey the Sabbath. I'm saying you don't have to obey the Sabbath as an old covenant law. How many of you in here, uh, if you struggle with that, how many in here celebrate a new moon festival? You guys doing those? Is that part of, okay. So again, I know because we, we pick and choose, what happens is this becomes the big theme, the Sabbath thing, and you grew up in church world and you heard it. I get it. But Paul is saying it doesn't apply like that to you. Don't do that to yourself. And then he says something that, that is gonna bring me to Hebrews. So I know I'm going to a bunch of places, follow along here. Paul says in, in verse 17, Colossians 2, these are a shadow of the things that were to come. What is he alluding to? Okay, he gets more specific in the rest of the sentence. The reality, however, is found in Christ. The point of the old covenant law, and Paul says this in Romans, he paints a whole picture of it. The point of it was to create parameters for you and I, or not you and I, for, for Israel to keep their hearts sensitive to the work of God so that as the Messiah came on the scene, they would identify him. It would create the kind of parameters that would keep their heart in a place where they're sensitive to the work of God. So as the Messiah comes on the scene, they could identify who that is. And by the way, then Paul takes it and Hebrews takes it even further. Hebrews starts out as a letter saying, Jesus is greater than all these things. Jesus is greater than, than uh, you know, Moses. Jesus is greater than, than uh, the, the uh, temple. Jesus is greater than all these things, greater than angels. Jesus is God. And then he moves into, in Hebrews 3 and 4, this picture of Jesus being greater than the Sabbath, but even more than that, Jesus fulfilling the Sabbath. And now, this is how he puts it, Jesus is our Sabbath rest. It might be a little hard to wrap your minds around, but I'm trying to help you follow me here. What he's saying is for you and I that are in Christ, all the work that Jesus has done on the cross, the message of the gospel for you and me, and the place of forgiveness for our sins, because of all that Jesus did, that's why we're not bound to any of this law. And by the way, if you want rest, it's found in Christ. This is the, by the way, when I say that, if you're really taking it in, what the writer of Hebrews was saying, and we don't know who wrote it, what the writer of Hebrews was saying was so scandalous that, that this person, I mean, could have been burned at the stake. It's like, what did you just say? Jesus is what? So he starts out saying Jesus is, is greater than everything. Jesus is God. And Jesus has fulfilled the Sabbath too. Why do I bring all of this up? Because no, the Sabbath doesn't apply to us in the sense of you and I walking in obedience to that law. But the Sabbath does apply to us in the sense that no different than mankind two, 3,000 years ago, we need rest. We need downtime. We need the ability to unplug from all of the rat race of, of this world and to step back because it's important for us. And here's a few reasons why it's super important. Number one, it reminds us who's in charge. When you and I step back from the busyness of work and work and work and work and getting things done and succeeding, all that stuff, it's a tangible expression of believing that on the day that I'm stepping back or the window of time that I'm stopping from all the activity, God is still knitting together the, the, the trajectory of my life, even though I'm not. 
that we believe that God is big enough to do those things. And while other people might work seven days a week, I believe wholeheartedly, if I'm willing to step back, let's say for one day during the week, God is still helping me move forward and succeed, even though they can work harder, God is gonna do more because that's the nature of my God. It reminds us who's really in charge. The second thing, and again, these are super practical. This is not revolutionary, but for you and I to step back and take a Sabbath is to allow our souls to be healthy, to be busy and busy and busy and busy is what crushes us. To, to be so busy that, that we feel like we've got to keep everything together and do all the stuff and, and all that is what makes our soul unhealthy. And that's not a great picture. When, when you and I observe a Sabbath appropriately, it's meant to be refreshing to us. It's not necessarily a day to, to do nothing. And some of you need to hear, some of you guys are like, man, that's like bed day. I could go for that, you know? Like I just stay in bed all day and, you know, it's okay, I'll just have, you know, uh, DoorDash bring me my food and, you know. It's, it's not necessarily a day to do nothing. It's, it's not a day to catch up on all the home stuff because you've been busy at work. It's not that. It, it's not a day to binge on anything you want to binge on and eat whatever you want to eat because it's your cheat day. It's not necessarily that picture. What is it? We know that it includes the word rest. We know that it includes this phrase, refrain from work. So what is the Sabbath? And now this is where I want to be honest with you. I'm not going to get into a lot of specifics for you because if I do that, what I'm doing is exactly what the Pharisees did. What is the Sabbath? Well, you're not allowed to build fires. You're not allowed to cook. You can only, you know, bring your donkey so many feet in a day or that's work. You can't harvest any grain or even pick the tops of it and eat it like peanuts. And I can give you all these things about what it is, but, but let me say it this way. Because when Jesus says the Sabbath was made for man, what he's talking about is your ability and my ability to be healthy. The example that he gives, let me go back to it uh, in 1 Samuel 20 about Abathar and David and going into the temple was this idea they were famished and they needed nourishment. Practically, that's what it was. Well, wait a minute, but that bread's off limits. Okay, well, they're gonna die. They're gonna be so famished, they can't do what they need to do. And so Abathar asked them a couple simple questions about their own personal holiness and said, then eat the bread. You guys need it, you're famished. And it's brought up because in context, the Sabbath being created for you and me was about you and I and our souls being healthy. So when we talk about a Sabbath, and it can be, you can think of like on any given day, a window of time that's your break at work. Your Sabbath, take a half day, take a, maybe a 24 hour period. It's a whole day of stepping back from work. What does that look like? And I can't define it for everybody, but, but for me personally, and these don't apply to you, or might apply to you, or definitely do apply to you. I don't know. But for me, the idea of a Sabbath could be going outside and, and enjoying my landscape. And I get out there and I'm looking at what's going on and God, this thing could use a little trim and I trim it up and make it look nice. And that charges my batteries. And it could be baking or making a nice dinner with my family, doing something on my grill. But that's cooking and that's making a meal and that's a lot of work. For, this is me. For me, 
It, it's taken some of the easier hikes that are, that are out in, in the Cascades, which I love. And maybe you've been out to like a Lake 22 or a Heather Lake. Some of the easier hikes where you get to the top and it's so gorgeous and you jump in the ice cold water and it's refreshing. And for me, it's, it's at some point probably enjoying a nice dessert like yesterday when I went and bought some Cherry Garcia and I enjoyed half a pint all by myself. <laughs> Wait, did I, pint, quart? What is, I don't, anyway. It wasn't a gallon, don't stop it. <laughs> Five gallon tub of it all by myself. So. That's me. Some of the things I just mentioned for some of you would be exhausting and like drain your batteries. So let me try to get real specific as I wind this down today. When you look at what the Sabbath is meant to do, it's meant to keep you not just your soul healthy, but physically healthy in a way that at the end of whatever Sabbath looks like for you, that at the end of that day, you put your head on the pillow and you have the ability to get up the next day and go about your busy week of work or whatever it is, and you're able to love God and you're able to love people well. That's the Sabbath. And for me to get any more specific about you or about what I think it is in, in this context or that would be actually doing similar to what the Pharisees did. So that honestly, prayerfully, that is the best way that I can put it for you. Whatever it might be on, on whatever day it is, or maybe for you, it's a half a day, whatever that is, however you can do what charges your batteries. And honestly, yes, it should include reflection on who Christ is. Yes, I, I talk all the time about daily reading plans, which by the way, we're at the end of the month. I think tomorrow's August 1st. Sign up for the next month, a reading plan tomorrow. You're gonna get behind, so make sure you do that. Reading scripture and allowing the work of the spirit, which by the way, I love how, you know, what Jesus instituted with the promise of the Holy Spirit and then the fulfillment in the book of Acts is that you and I live with the Holy Spirit filling us. Whatever fills us in a way that we can love others and love God well, that's Sabbath. In Mark chapter three, as I wind this down, it says this. This is, so we just finished that Jesus said the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the son of man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Side note for a second here. That last verse is so important because Jesus in that context is putting himself on the same level with God. Who instituted the Sabbath? The Lord. God instituted the Sabbath way back when. And Jesus is reminding us of his deity right here. So, so there's another one that I talked about. Hebrews says that right here is that. Then you get to Mark chapter three. Listen to this. Another time he went into the synagogue and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. So they watched him closely to see, here it is, to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, stand up in front of everyone. Then Jesus asked, what is lawful on the Sabbath? To do good or to do evil? To save life or kill it? But they remained silent. He looked around at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out and his hand was completely restored. Then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. 
There's so much in this story I don't have time to explain. But Jesus was so upset that they were so much about legalistic obedience to the law that they wouldn't even do good on the Sabbath. No, 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 we can't do good on the Sabbath because that's not part of the picture that was painted for us and all the regulations that the, the, the priests tied to it way back when, the Pharisees tied to it way back when. We can't do that. And Jesus is furious about it because they so misunderstood it that they wouldn't allow for someone to get better on the Sabbath. He says, is it, I love the sentence, is it lawful to do good or evil? To save life or kill it? They knew the answer. They just wouldn't say it. Why do I bring it up? It's two stories in a row intentionally. Because Jesus is very much about, God cares so much about you and I that he says, come away. Take in some rest. You need downtime. And he says it because it's so important for you and I to help us as we finish whatever Sabbath is that we put our head on the pillow and we go to bed and the next day we're able to go about our week loving God well and loving people well. Are we living that way? Is that happening? A little secret into the last verse of what I just read in Mark chapter three, verse six. When it says, the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. Did you know they were enemies, those two groups, until now? Why do I bring that up? Is that a side note? Kind of. But once again, their hearts became so twisted by legalism that they missed Jesus by a million miles, the Messiah. And, and, and the point in verse six is it didn't soften their hearts when Jesus healed this guy. It made them more angry to the point where they began to partner with each other to plot against even more so the Messiah. That's how bad it was. Why do I say it? Maybe I say it because some of you in here, you're so busy with the rat race and all this stuff. And I mentioned it last week. You write off what I'm saying today. I can't do that. That's impossible. Okay, as I said last week, then what God wants is for you to live in anxiety and stress and burnout. He loves that. He just thinks that's amazing for you. You're like, don't be mean, that's sarcastic. I guess it is. That's not what God wants for us. One of the, I, I, honestly, when I look at this, one of the most loving things I see Jesus saying right here is the Sabbath was made for you. God cares so much about you that he challenges you to carve out time to stop and rest and recharge. Because if you don't, you're not loving God well and you're not gonna love people well. I ask you to do, do me a favor and, and I'm just gonna ask you to close your eyes. I'm just gonna pray. Nothing weird. If you're new, just, just, just close your eyes and just bear with me for a moment here. What would it look like for you to, to take a Sabbath? Think about it. Just picture it. Now, some of you immediately, you pictured piled up dishes and floors that are getting dirtier and laundry that's getting worse and not done. That's not what we're talking about. Set aside all the things in your mind that you go, well, that's not gonna get done if I do the Sabbath thing. But what could it do to your soul for you to step back? To introduce downtime into your busy life? What would it look like for your soul 
to be healthy. Which then impacts, honestly, I believe the rest of your life. For relationally, you, you, you can be healthy because there's margin and you're not so stressed. What does the Sabbath look like? I'm gonna, with my kids, we're gonna bake a batch of cookies and that'll be fun. I'm gonna go out and trim up some flowers in my yard and make a little bouquet, that'll be fun. I'm gonna go on a little hike, that'd be fun. You know what, I'm gonna go to a restaurant and enjoy a meal that somebody else makes for me, that'd be fun. I'm gonna stop and, and read some scripture, man, that'd be fun. I'm gonna breathe, I'm gonna throw on a worship playlist and, and, and just take in the music, that would be fun. What is it that charges your batteries? And I, yeah, it's different for each of us. But what would it do for you to stop for a window of time and allow your batteries to be charged that you can go to bed and get up the next day and love God well and love others well throughout the week? Father, help us because it's not easy. Help us because it's not intuitive. Help us because maybe it's not a lot different, but in some ways in our world, it feels like it's so fast. For some in here, even as I pray, I'm thinking of putting down your phone. Scrolling through social media is not helping you be filled. What I want you to do, and I, hopefully you still have your eyes, what, I want, what I'm asking you to do is to consider where in the next six days before we meet again, where can you carve out a window of time to allow yourself to be filled, to do things that charge your batteries? Where? And I want you to make a commitment to doing it. Some of you, as you, you end this prayer, get out your phone and put it in your calendar. And if you can do it, I wanna challenge you to do it in a way that you can do it this week and then it can repeat next week and next week. And, and maybe sure at some point it doesn't always work every time, but there's a window of time. God, help us to do what's right. Not because we're bound to it legalistically, but God, because you want us to be healthy because you love us that much. Help us to wrap our hearts around it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Grove Church Message Podcast. To keep up to date with us, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, or check us out at our website, grove.church.